Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Acts chapter 2, find verse 22. Peter preaching. Let's read this incredible message that he preached to thousands on the day of Pentecost. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead. Freeing him from the agony of death because it is impossible for death to keep his hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Verse 29, brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing that was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. But God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of the fact Exalted to the right hand of God, he is received from the Father, and the promised Holy Spirit has been poured out, which you now see and hear. Verse 34, for David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this, that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you, your children, and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Father, thank you for what you've done this weekend already, what you're doing all across the valley and churches, denominational churches, non-denominational churches, what you're doing, God, in our nation. We take our place on the wall this morning to declare the glorious truth of Jesus, that he is risen from the grave. And I pray all under the hearing of my preaching would be cut to the quick. 
I pray that each and every one that might not know you, you would do a quick work through these brief words that I share under the unction of your Holy Spirit. I pray that we would be forever changed, that you would come with your very finger, I pray, and write on the fleshly tablets of our heart. May we be forever changed because of your truth, your eternal truth. And we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Again, we do have notes. I think nearly every Resurrection Sunday, uh, at nearly every Easter, I share the story of when I was backslidden. I haven't always served God. I didn't come out the womb praying in tongues. And uh, you probably didn't either. And I certainly had a, a past and I needed to be delivered and God did it marvelously. But there was a time when I had made a decision in my heart that God was going to do something. And when it didn't happen that way, I rejected him and I turned away. That was about a 10 month period of time. And it was the most brutal 10 months of my life. And uh, I'm just so glad that he got all offense out of me. And uh, you can feel free to practice on me. If you want to try to offend me, it won't work. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Try on someone else. But we all go through offense. So I was offended at God. And I'm sitting in a Gold's Gym. I was a a membership advisor and a personal trainer. And I'm sitting there in a staff of this Gold's Gym in Port Jefferson, New York. And as I'm sitting there in a staff meeting, I'm handed mail because my mail was being sent to my job because I I didn't have a house. And... uh, I see this envelope and the very distinctive handwriting from my mother. She has the most beautiful handwriting I've ever seen. And she, they handed me this card and I opened the card and it's an Easter card. It's a Resurrection Sunday card and I, I got it just before Easter. And I look at it and when I opened it up, it has two words on the inside. There, there wasn't a cute little Hallmark poem. There, it, was, it was blank. It was just two words written in her beautiful penmanship. And the two words were, he lives. When I read that in my heart, when I read it, he lives, the power of the Holy Spirit fell on me. I could hardly keep myself together. And the owner of the gym said, hey, Bracken, what do you got there? I said, a card. He said, yeah, I can see that. What's it say? I said, well, it's from my mother. And everybody's like, oh, that's nice. I'm like, yeah, it's from my mother. And uh, it says, uh, he lives. And when I said he lives, the presence of God flooded that that room where we were having a conference, the conference room. The owner of the gym said, he lives. And then it began to be echoed throughout all the staff and the people that were there and everybody said, he lives, he lives, he lives. And we looked at each other like, my God, he lives. <laughs> and every Easter, I remember that story. You know, don't ever underestimate the power of obeying the Holy Spirit and what God can do through you. Don't ever underestimate the power of a little note and a smile, and how God can use you to touch lives. Why don't you bump your neighbor and say, Happy Resurrection Sunday. All of human history was affected by what happened that we're celebrating on this day. And uh, there are 
I, I, I read some article in the New York Times about some angry, bitter uh, man who was formerly a Jew. Now he's a secular humanist, and he made an argument for how everybody should just forget God and turn from God. That's what he, he thought Passover would be a good time to pass over God. That's, uh, that's terrifying. Passover started on Friday, this past Friday. Now, they don't always link up and sync up but they're perfectly this year. Friday was when Jesus, we celebrate the, the death of Jesus. Of course, not just his death, but his resurrection, which is today. And so on the very hour that lambs would be taken, as a Jew, you would bring a lamb to be sacrificed for your whole family, one per household and on the very hour that the lambs are being sacrificed, there in Jerusalem is the hour that God's lamb was sacrificed. You can't make this stuff up. There's so much that sinks together to build your faith. And so Passover lambs being killed, Jesus dies on a cross the same time. Darkness fell. His friends, the disciples were scattered. All hope seemed lost. And heaven began to count. One, two, three. And he rose again from the grave. And you can't get away from the truth of it. And I'm going to prove it to you a number of different ways this morning. On Easter Sunday, he rose. He appeared to the disciples for 40 days. And then he ascended and he commanded them when he ascended he commanded them to stay in Jerusalem until they're endued with power. And so 50 days after, so 50 days from today, is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. And this is the, the context that Peter is preaching. He preaches to this crowd, and what he preaches, his message is so profound. He explains what happened, and he explains what's happening. And he quotes Joel 2. And it's this amazing message that releases God's power on the company of people that were there. They were come from all over to celebrate the Passover. Jews and proselytes, Cretans. And you can read Acts 2. And he preaches and he, and he declares the prophecy of King David. That's Psalm 16 and verse 10. Verse 27, you'll not abandon me to the realm of the dead. How many of you glad that you're not going to be abandoned to the realm of the dead? That doesn't sound good. That does not sound good. No thanks. He talks in verse 32 about how the disciples of Jesus witnessed the fact that he came back to life. God raised this Jesus to life, and we're all witnesses. We saw it. And the result of his preaching is 3,000 people get saved. Now, 3,000 men, if you understand culture and how they would count, they would count 3,000 men, which very possibly then, of course, some of them were single. But of course, there's also wives. Because you get 3,000, if everybody was married, it'd be 6,000. And then maybe they had children also. How many of you know they probably had kids? So it's a lot more than 3,000. 
The resurrection is Christianity. I want you to say that. The resurrection is Christianity. Without the resurrection of the dead, there is no church. We're not having church. We're not having life groups. We're not having teams. We're not having worship. Without the resurrection of Jesus, there's no Christianity. This is not some cute thing put together that we just sort of obey a bunch of rules. No, no, no. Our God is the only God who rose again from the grave. He's the only one. There is not one of Buddha didn't rise from the dead. Muhammad didn't rise from the dead. Confucius didn't. Confucius? Didn't rise. Only Jesus. That's semi offensive. Welcome to Kings. We're so glad you're here. I'd love to offend the lie that so many of you might have swallowed. Jesus said, don't, don't get mad at me. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So the core of all apostolic pre- preaching, and I should say really the core of all apostolic ministry, you could plug that in too, right in the blank preaching or ministry, the core of it, the core. It's not leadership principles, although there are many. The core of all apostolic preaching and teaching is about Jesus Christ being crucified and risen again from the grave. And yet, so oftentimes now, you don't even hear that preached. I'm all for some good leadership lessons, but in the book of Acts, you see over and over again the preaching of the resurrection, and I'm going to take you on a walk through it. Acts 3 and 14. It says, you killed the, verse 15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. It's the same message. Jesus died on a cross. He rose again. We're witnesses. In Acts chapter 4, and this is right in your notes, and verse 10, and know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He gives, he's saying, look, the reason this guy is healed is Jesus got up. And then in Acts chapter five and verse 30, the God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 39, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, verse 40, but God raised him from the dead on the third day. The same message, death, resurrection, death, resurrection, death, resurrection. So what are you preaching this morning, Pastor Daniel? Death and resurrection, that's what I'm preaching. That that, that is the message, that's it. It's Christianity. Acts chapter 13, verse 30, but God raised him from the... For many days he was seen by those who traveled with him from Galilee, from Galilee to Jerusalem. Now they are witnesses. And now his witnesses to his people. We're not talking about some religion with a bunch of rules and regulations that you have to obey so that God would be happy and that you'd have favor with him. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a real God who made the heavens and made the earth undeniable truth. You can't find places in Scripture that contradict itself. It is the most historical document in the face of the earth. And yet so many people say, well, the Word of God is not really God's Word. They take the, 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 Gallic, the Gallic Wars and the different wars that we just take as absolute truth in history when the source documents to those historical events 
are way older than what we have for the New Testament and, and as well as the Old Testament. On and on and on, you can't get away. You actually have to have more faith if you study. More faith that God didn't send his son and that this isn't written by, by him. You have to have more faith that it isn't written by him than, it, than you do to have faith to know that he did write it. God did write it through men, holy men. The Spirit of God would come upon them under the inspiration of the Spirit. God breathed on men. They, they wrote the word. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 17, if Christ not be raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Wow. It's all about the resurrection and it shatters all of history. The resurrection shatters all of history. Without the resurrection of, of Christ, there's no Christianity. The resurrection of Christ is a historical event. It's not a theological nicety. It's not some cute thing that a bunch of guys made up. You say, well, I don't know about that. I, it was so long ago. I mean, how do we know? There's a number of reasons you can know. You know Peter denied the Christ, denied Jesus, turned from him, ran from a little girl at a fire. Actually, I don't know if she was little or grown or whatever. Maybe she ran, a girl, man, ran away, denying the Lord. And yet he comes back now, and he's unafraid of being unafraid of being persecuted. He's unafraid of being crucified. He, listen, they were in the upper room before the outpouring of the Spirit. They were afraid. They were part of a rebellion. People, people crucified Jesus, and they wanted to crucify all the disciples too. So there they are in this upper room until the power of the Holy Spirit comes on them, and something turned Peter from a cursing sailor, no offense to the Navy, from a cursing sailor into somebody who's not afraid of dying, who declares the truth and won't shrink back. What happened to him? What The same thing that happened to some of you. The same thing that happened to me. What happened? The power of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, marked him, changed him, transformed him from being a chicken to being bold and unafraid of death even. And it wasn't just him. You, you look at Fox's Book of Martyrs. I'm going to get a case of that Fox's Book of Martyrs. I'm going to get a case of books, and I'm going to have them out. There's a couple of books that you just need to read. Everybody needs to have Fox's Book of Martyrs because you think you're having a hard time. Just read a couple chapters there and realize we don't have any problems. <laughs> Not really. Not real problems. Of course, there are exceptions. The disciples move from hiding to boldly proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. Peter and Paul both martyred in, in Rome about 66 AD. Andrew went to the land of the man-eaters. It's just a quick, I've done this before, but just a quick, uh, a quick story about what happened to all those disciples. Andrew goes to the land of the man-eaters. In what is now called the Soviet Union. Christians there claim... Christians there claim him as the first to bring the gospel to their land. He also preached in Asia, modern, modern day Turkey, and in Greece, and he was said to have been crucified. Thomas, remember doubting Thomas? Obviously something changed with him because he went off to Syria. Tradition has him preaching in Far East India, and uh, they claim he died there when he was pierced through his spears from four different soldiers. Now, what would take somebody, why would you do that? 
Why would you live like that if it was fake? I saw some stupid, man, there are some there, critical thinking. I'm, I'm in trying to engage your critical thinking because so many people, I read some article like they didn't really, I, this is just out in the newspaper, not, not here, not our liberal paper here, but, the, but, but it was out of another paper. Did I say that? But it was in another paper and it talked about how they crucified the wrong, they crucified somebody else. It wasn't Jesus. And that's why he was able to, what kind of, you, you got to be like a, a, a serious spirit of stupid. So, well, no, that's possible. No, it isn't. And I, I'll, I'll prove it to you. So Philip cruelly put to death as well. Matthew, tax collector. He said he was he was not martyred. Why others say he was stabbed to death in Ethiopia? It's hard to say. It was a long time ago. Bartholomew, widespread missionary travels, India, Ethiopia, Southern Arabia. Various accounts say he met his death as a martyr of the gospel. James, son of Alphaeus. Jewish historian Josephus reports that he was stoned and clubbed to death. Nice. Listen, you, you got to know how this is. It would be like, just deny him, and you don't get stoned and clubbed to death. Just deny him. Burn incense to Caesar, deny him, and it's all good. Can't. What would cause somebody to say no? Just go burn this stinking incense if he didn't really rise. No, no, I, no, I've seen too much. You kill me if you want to. I can't. Why? Because he got up, because he rose again. Christianity is real. Because Jesus rose again from the grave. Simon the zealot refused to sacrifice to the sun god, martyred. Matthias burned. John. John is the only, John is interesting. He's John the Revelator. They tried to kill him. They said he, uh, and, and, and many say in answer to the prophecy that Jesus gave him, but they tried to kill him. You know how they tried to kill him? I think he's 90 years old and they boiled him in oil. Nice. French fried disciple. How do you boil? Has anybody ever been burned by like French fry oil, that kind of thing? They're boiled oil and they throw the boy in there. But he comes out as like, Jesus is alive. I mean, like, ah! Who did make a movie out of that? No, they, the disciples knew that it was true. They're saying it's true. People will die. Listen. People might die for a lie. Now, this is a classic statement that you'll hear. You'll read it in commentators. Commentators will say the same thing. When they're proving, when you're proving the resurrection of Jesus, many will say this. People will die for a lie that they don't know is a lie, but people will not die for a lie that they know is a lie. Did you follow that? So if you're, if you're believing a lie, and there's a lot of people that believe a lie, they knock on doors and ride bikes around, and they're, they're believing a lie. They're sincere. I know they're sincere. They're sincerely deceived. Romans stole the body. Yeah. Romans stole. Why would they do that? Some say it was hallucinations. There, there is a number of arguments. The swoon theory is my favorite idiotic argument. Here's what they say. The swoon theory is that there is these missing years of Jesus, and he went to India, and he became a swami. 
And then when he was there, he learned to stomp his heart. Then he came back, and when he died on a cross, he swooned. What does that mean? He feigned his death. No, he didn't swoon either. The gospel's true. And, and you, you can't get away from the fact that the way that it's told, why would God first have his first evangelist of the resurrection to be women? Now, no offense. Y'all look lovely with your bonnets and your dresses and glory to God. Amen. You look beautiful. Women couldn't vote. Women were not counted as a part of really a viable part of society. Sad to say. They couldn't vote. They couldn't run for office. They couldn't do it. Come on, someone say you've come a long way, baby. Yeah, you know how you've come a long way? You've come a long way because of the gospel, actually. Because women are considered chattel in Islam. It's the same now in Islam as it was back then. And yet he appears to a prostitute. Okay, no, 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 no. Just erase that. That's a, that, like, don't prostitute. She was a prostitute. Let's have him appear to Herod. Let's have an angel show up and just Herod just fall out disemboweled proclaiming Jesus is risen from the grave. That's a better story. Not appear to a woman who's a prostitute to be your first evangelist. Why would, it do, why would he do that? Why would that story say that? Because that's what happened. The gospel's true and you can't get away from it. How does the resurrection affect us today? Well, very simply, we can be forgiven. Can you say that? We can be forgiven. What do you mean can be? Not everybody's forgiven. So isn't everybody a child of God? No. Somebody sold you a bill of goods when you heard that. And if you heard it from a preacher, he's wrong. So I'm just going to tell you, that's not, no, you're not a child of God until you're born again. Until you receive Jesus. Until you receive his death, his resurrection in your life. That's what makes you a child of God. You say, well, uh, I thought I was made in God's image. Now that's true. You are made in God's image. Absolutely. Why you were in your mother's womb, he knit you together. Absolutely. He loves you. Absolutely. Beyond anything we could possibly fathom, he loves you. But you and I have been separated from God because of sin. Sin separates us from God. The good news is gospel means good news. The good news simply put on this Easter morning is that you don't have to stay separated because Jesus took your sin and he rose again from the grave. Religion's never going to get you into heaven. Good works, doing the right thing. You can surrender your body to the flames and give all that you have to the poor. You will still split hell wide open. There's only one way to be forgiven, only one way to become a child of God. How do you become a child of God? By being, read my white lips right now, by being born again. How do you do that? You believe that Jesus died, you receive his free gift. It's a gift. You can't earn it. Then you become a child of God. Scripture says in the book of John, to as many as received him, he gave them the right, exousia, right, exousia in the Greek, which means authority. It's, it's, a, it's a very strong word. He gave them the right. He, he gave them the, the ability. It's more than ability. It's, it's, it's a jurisdictional word. I have rights. My land at my house has, I have property lines. It's mine. 
And the bank for now will pay it off, but it's mine. It's mine. My name, my wife's name is on the deed. Get off my property. Hey, you have no right, right? So he, he gave them the right to as many as believe. Now, believe is more than believing that God exists. Believing biblically is believing and receiving. It's, it's everything. Faith, pistis. I didn't curse just now. It's a Greek word also. Faith. Pistis. It's faith, belief. To as many as believed, he gave them the right, the authority to become children of God. So you're a child when you believe, and believing is receiving and repenting of your sin. That's the simple truth. So what is God saying through this resurrection Sunday? What's he saying to us today? Very simply, you can be forgiven. You can be. I am. How about you? I've been forgiven. Woo! And that's not a license to sin, really, when you understand what he's done. Then you can't help but just live for him and love him and serve him when you realize that you were lost as a goose in a hailstorm, headed for death, cursed, found, broken, addicted, depressed, filled with anxiety, sleepless at night, without hope in the earth. And yet God, while we were yet sinners, come on, he died for us and rose again from the grave. Won't you receive him? Listen, some of you here online, maybe you've never received Jesus. I'm not talking about becoming part of my church. I'm not talking about becoming, you know, part of some little group. I'm talking about being forgiven. Yes, you should find a church. Yes, you should have a pastor. Yes, you should grow in the things of God. But the most important thing I can say to you this morning is that God loves you. He loves you. He's crazy, so crazy. He destroyed that which separates your love and his love for you by dying. You say, that's pretty intense. Yep, that's what your sin does. Sin brings death. Many, many teachers throughout history, all of them tried to figure out what life was all about. And there's some wisdom there. Our problem is we don't, we don't have knowledge that's going to solve our problem except the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ crucified and risen again. That's it. See, that's too easy. That's why a lot of people miss it. Simple gospel. Secondly, heaven is our home. Once you're born again, once you're forgiven, you can be forgiven. We'll give you an opportunity for that in a moment. Heaven is your home. Come on out in the lobby. How many of you headed to heaven when you die? May it not be today, but no man knows the time. No one knows the hour that he's going to return, and no man knows the time in our own life. Man is given but one life to live, and after that, the judgment. 2 Corinthians 4.14 because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself, heaven. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at C. These are the, that which affects us, the, the application of what I'm preaching to you. How does a resurrection affect us today? We can be forgiven. Heaven can be our home. We can be filled, number three, or C, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You missed a great place to say amen or oh me or oh my or something. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can be healed. Look at D. We can be healed. Set free from demon power. Now hold on a second right now, Pastor Daniel. 
you're just all on demon power. I'm in church. What do you mean demon power? The devil goes to church. Inside of some of you. <laughs> oh, come on now, line up. Come on, come on. Let's all just praise the Lord for a second. Can we? Come on. Hey, hey. <laughs> come on, just thank God right out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, bump your neighbor and look at him. If you see red eyes looking back at you, just wave your hand and we'll come and help you out right now. <laughs> oh. The devil showed up in an Easter service a number of years ago. The church didn't really know their authority in Christ, so they all ran. Except one lady, one lady, about five rows back, sitting there with her arms crossed. She's like, After everybody's gone, the devil's like, aren't you scared? She says, heck no, I've been married to your brother for years. <laughs> Just enjoy that as an isolated hole. It's not a biblical statement. She also needed discipleship. Because of what Jesus has done. Come on back. Come, come on. Come on back. Come, come on back. Come on back, come on back. Because of what Jesus has done, you can be set free. Raise your hand if God sets you free. Raise your hand if Jesus sets you free. Come on, wave your hand like, like you're happy about it. Come on, he sets you free, come on. Come on, someone say, Jesus set me free. Now, I, know, I know people that have gone to church most of their life, they're as bitter and angry as a lemon. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you've been set free. We can be healed. Hebrews 2 and 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break down the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. You don't have to be bound. You don't, have to, you don't have to nurse that demon anymore. In Romans 6 and 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. In Romans 8 and 11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives on the inside of you. Because of what Jesus has done, you can live a victorious life. You don't have to be broken. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be addicted. You're not alone anymore. This is the truth of the good news of Jesus. This is truth. This is the truth of the resurrection. I've been set free from the hand of the enemy. Yes. I've been loosed. Death don't have a hold on me. No, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> 
Why do you have to be so happy? I can't hardly contain myself. Man, remember where you used to come from. Remember how you were so bound in your mind and you were addicted to all kinds of stuff. Remember, remember where you didn't know how you were going to make it. You didn't know if you're going to make it through the night. Remember, remember when God reached across the muck and the miry clay and he snatched you like a stick from the fire. Remember when you first believed on him. Return to your first love. Some of you lost it. Some of you lost the passion he used to have. You would hustle home to read the book of Leviticus. grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost now I'm found was blind but now I see I am unashamed I have to move on or I'll start weeping and crying and then I don't want to miss the opportunity we just a couple moments and our service will be over come on in the in the lobby here in the sanctuary. Have you received the risen Savior or are you playing church? Have you, have you settled for some religion that doesn't do much really but satisfy your conscience maybe a little bit but deep down you know that your sins remain? Have you ever received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I implore you. I plead with you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. It's the same message that the, that the apostles preached. It's the same message that throughout all the ages and time of more has been preached. It's been declared. It's been proclaimed. You say, is it that simple, Pastor? It is that simple. It's religion that twists things and makes it difficult. We're going to baptize people tonight, but you don't have to be baptized. Somebody tells you you have to be baptized to go to heaven, they're lying. They say, show me in the Word. Show me Scripture. Show it to me. Show it to me. It's all in the Word. Don't take my word for it. Go be a good Berean, as they say in the book of Acts. Go read the Word yourself. On this Resurrection Sunday, every head bowed, every eye closed. Did we finish our notes? Did we? Because then I, I hear it. People are like, you didn't finish your notes. Oh, yeah. Last one, F. Because He lives, we can live holy. It came that you would have life and life to the full. You need to have a, a change in the way you look at holiness and purity. It's not some drudgery. It's amazing to live holy and pure and have my conscience clear before God. Oh, I could not, listen, I couldn't come to church this morning without dropping something in the bucket at mass at the Catholic church down the street. Why is that? I was, I was talking to my dear friend. He said, he asked me to. He said, did you go and drop that in the bucket? So I said I was gonna. How many of you remember last night I said I was gonna go do that? I didn't get to do it. So the week goes by, I'm like, ah, oh, Lord. So I was asked the other day, hey, did you, uh, I said, no. They said, you want me to go take care of that for you? And I, I almost said yes, because it would have been okay. But I felt like the Lord said, no, you do it. I'm like, okay. So I'm driving to church, I'm like, ah, oh. ah, oh, Lord. Just took a right turn, pulled in, packed. I'm like, where's, a, where's an honest Catholic? <laughs> I'm sure there was lots there. Amen. 
Come on, someone say amen. So I found this young couple, Pastor Karen told me to say that if you're offended, her number is 907-555-1212. So I saw this couple walking and I thought, man, you, if, you're gonna, if I'm gonna hand you some cash and you steal it, boy, that, that would be a special place in hell for you for sure. So I stopped, drove up and got out of my car. I said, hey, hey, uh, hi. And they're like looking at my bow tie like you are right now and my little blue suit and all that. And they're like, whoa. I'm like, hey, yeah, hey, happy Easter. Happy resurrection. So they're like, happy Easter. And so I gave them a bill and I said, would you put this in the offering? And they're like, I looked at him and I gave it to her, amen. <laughs> She's like, yes, I will. And I know she did. And then she said, it's Easter. You going to mass? I'm like, I'm going to my own, up the road. My conscience, my conscience is clear. I, I, I did what I had to do. I have a clear conscience to you. I'm checking. I had to repent to my brother this morning. That just wasn't so nice last night. Don't look at me. You guys got your own issues. They're like, they're like, oh, pastor was a son. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about you? You guys were like near fist fighting right before you came to church. <laughs> what are you saying? Some of you just need to repent. You've received Jesus before and he's, he lives on the inside of you. But there is a moment of conversion. You've never given your heart to Jesus. I'm, I want to talk to you in the closing moments of this service. You want to give your heart to Jesus. You want you want. You want to be forgiven. There's no greater thing in all of the earth. There's no greater thing to be forgiven. That's what Easter is all about. That's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. You can live a whole life. You can live a free life. You can live free. You can make heaven your home. You can be forgiven. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.